Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Oh, how the times have changed. When I was a kid, Jane Fonda and cabbage soup and grapefruit diets were trendy in nutrition. But in part two of my conversation with her, sports nutritionist Jen Giles is going to share some insights that are going to encourage you. Tune in right now to find out. I often marvel at the power of the human spirit individuals who showcase resilience and perseverance through daunting challenges. Despite her love for sports, Jen Giles didn't get much love back in return from her coaches or even her experiences growing up. Yet Jen persisted and persevered, ultimately finding her purpose and passion around nutrition, then putting all that learning and wisdom into action. Let's jump right in to hear from this inspiring athlete and expert. You strike me as a very humble person, but you talked about how modest maybe your favorite childhood sports related memory is just because there weren't a lot of quote unquote victories. But I know that you've ran marathons and triathlons, so not in a boastful way, but what's something that was a really big achievement or milestone that you reached in your 20s, you know, or in your early 30s that you're really proud of? Yeah, this is a good one. And I think about this a lot because, you know, it's, it was a long road to get there. So I'll bump it up to my forties, but my, okay. my, wow. the pinnacle of my athletic career. And I was, it was between probably 40 and 43. And it had been a goal for a while was to get to world championships in um, the Olympic distance triathlon, which is the distance they do at the Olympics. So it's a mile swim, 26 mile bike and a 10 K six mile run. So I went to nationals and I was already very well trained, you know, just (laughs) hit it hard going out in the swim. And I picked my head up and everybody in my wave, which is like you, you swim out in the same age group. So it was like 40 to 45 year old women. And I picked my head up and, you know, 90% of the women were ahead of me. And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. Now I know what I'm dealing with. Right. So I did not qualify for worlds that year, but I came back next year to nationals and I qualified and I trained even harder and put even more work in. And I was in the top 25% of, of women out in the swim that actually flipped a switch in my brain too. that. Like I can do this. I'm in this and I, I belong here and I killed it. And I did qualify for worlds that year. And then I qualified the next two years in a row also, which is something I'm very proud of because it took a lot of time and a lot of work to get there. And, you know, I had four children at the time too. So well, no, no, you mean you had four children after you qualified for the worlds, right? Cause there's no way that you could be a mom and put in the kind of training and sacrifice, right? The four kids are after yeah. you're 40, right? Like 43, you had the kids, right? Yeah. So I was done having kids at like 36. And so this was after that. So there was a lot of my, wow. life. like I was a little crazy getting all right. <laughs> very goal oriented, crazy. But um, but I did it, you know, and it and it was something that I I will treasure forever. What would you tell your eight, twelve, and sixteen-year-old self? Ah, uh, boy, with all the knowledge I have now of nutrition, I would have to tell her to just 
focus on the nutrients that are coming in instead of the convenience. I was very much, and like you said, it wasn't on my radar at all, but I would love her to have known, you know, the importance of what you put in your body and how much better you could feel and perform if you made that connection earlier. Specifically though, what would you have told your eight-year-old self, your 12-year-old self, and your 16-year-old self? Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's a different question. (laughs) Same question, but different tone makes it a totally different question. I would say, don't worry. Everything's going to work out. Looking back, what was something that you appreciated about your parents' influence on your sports journey? Oh, this is cool. So my parents never judged me for like for one second. They didn't push me to be better. They didn't. I don't think it was on their radar anyway, but there was no stress. There was no pressure. There was not, you know, join this team because it's going to make you level up. There was no practice every single day because it's going to make you better. It was kind of like you're in control. We'll support you in whatever you want to do. Go ahead and do it. But there was no stress or pressure, which I think there's a lot of today. And I appreciate that I didn't have that because it made sports a lot more enjoyable for me because it was, I was doing it on my own decision. I was deciding whether to do something or not. On the flip side though, do you think if they would have told you about something like nutrition or if they would have talked to you about sort of developing that consistency and habits that perhaps you could have accomplished more, you know, within sports or whatever your other passions were? You know what I mean? And again, I know that's a hard question, but you're a mother and you are incredibly well schooled, you know, in, in very unique ways to help your children in their development. But I'm just wondering, you know, is that something that that, you know, do you think that could have helped or made a difference? Yeah, that's crossed my mind a thousand times for sure. And it's not no fault of theirs. They just didn't know. But I do think if I was, you know, practicing a little bit more on the weekends and you know what? I didn't even want to because it wasn't on my radar. So it wasn't anything I was interested in. But if somebody had told me. And whether it was a parent or a coach or somebody, if somebody had told me, oh, you know, you could be so much better if you did this clinic on the weekends or if you pitched in your backyard or if you swam extra laps in the off season. Yes, that would have helped me tremendously. I know it would have because that came later on. Hey, Jen, what's something that you wrestled or struggled with at middle or high school? Oh, self-confidence, 100%. You know, and I think it's pretty common, but I did struggle with a lot. I was very, very shy, and it was very hard for me. You don't strike me as very shy, I know, I got over it in college. (laughs) (laughs) See, it all works out in the end. (laughs) Very shy, painfully shy, just be very, very hard for me to start a conversation with somebody like a new friend or God forbid a boy, like, no, no, no. I had, it took me a while to work through that for sure. And did that change start to happen as, as you started to get more fit and as you started to get more confidence, as you said, was that around that same time? Yeah, I really attributed all to running. It sounds kind of corny to say that, but that really the first, you know, first couple of weeks, first couple of months I started running and that improved my confidence so much because I was doing something I never thought I was capable of doing and I was doing it well. And so I thought, well, if I can do this, I wonder how well I could do walking into a party, not knowing anybody. And so I would try all these little games and it just improved everything about me as a person, you know, confidence, conversation skills. I was, I did so much better in school academically. Um, I was happier, you know, it just boiled over into every aspect of my life. 
Jen, tell me about starting your business, Eat for Sport. Yeah. So um, I, when I got out of grad school, I knew right away that I wanted to go into private practice and work with athletes. So when I was 24, 25, so I didn't know anything <laughs> except that I wanted to start this practice. So what I had to do was um, take a lot of side jobs and I worked in a hospital. I worked for a personal training center. I, I was a personal trainer for a little while. And then I was consulting clients on the side. But clients that would come to me were not necessarily athletes. So I worked with a lot of diabetics, a lot of heart disease patients, a lot of cancer patients. So which was great. It wasn't the population I really wanted to work with long-term, but I learned so much that I really loved that time in my life because I was just soaking up all the experience I possibly could. And then little by little, I just built up my private practice and specialized in working with youth athletes. So, you know, that took a long time, probably took at least 10 years. Um, I've been in private practice now 24 years. I've seen a lot of different patients and, and worked with a lot of different conditions, but I love working with youth athletes. So that's a specialty that I've, I've stuck with. And what's something that you try to really make sure that the young people that you work with, you know, understand? What are things that you're trying to communicate to them or really just get them to understand? Yeah. So this is something I think I do a little bit more uniquely than maybe other dietitians do. But I look at the big picture. So I'm looking at the full athlete their whole lifespan. So when athletes come to me, they usually come to me and say, well, I need to, you know, cut off three seconds in my hundred meter fly in order to get the scholarship. And I'm like, all right, cool. Or I need to drop 10 pounds fat and gain 10 pounds of muscle because I'm a football player and I want to go play D1 or whatever their goal might be. And that's great, but that's a short-term goal, right? Because, and they're so motivated to get that goal. So I roll with it for sure. But I also, within our time together, educate them on the fact that you can eat this way for now to get this goal, but you also need to eat this way for 10, 20, 30 years. Because ultimately for all of us, even if we go pro, your sports career is gonna end and you still need to be active and healthy for a lifetime. I think too many people, I get a lot of, say, adults coming to me that were, say, D1 or D3 athletes, and they never learned how to eat. So now they're dealing with health consequences of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, becoming overweight, not knowing how to balance their activity and their fueling because they just never learned it. So I want younger athletes to learn it now so they never have to deal with those health consequences later on so they can be healthy now and successful now in their sport and then also healthy after and active forever. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.